0: There ain't nothing in the world that i like better than bigger than lettuce and homegrown tomatoes up in the morning out in the garden get you a ripe one don't get a hard one plant them in the spring need them in the summer all winter without them's a culinary bummer i forget all about the sweating and digging every time i go out pick me up there oh my good
1: morning and- Welcome into Yard and Garden Live on a Friday morning. As uh, we're set to uh, get a hold of your landscape questions and get you an answer. Nicole Stoner, the Nebraska Extension Educator, here again, and uh, she has a guest here this morning. We're going to introduce him here in a little bit. Remember, to make this work, we need for you to call 402-729-3383. little applause here for Nicole Stoner, the
2: lovely and talented. Who did you bring today, ma'am? I brought with me uh, Dave Olson. He's a forest health specialist for the Nebraska Forest Service. So welcome. Thanks for coming.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me.
2: Yeah. We're, we've been busy this year with a lot of uh, tree issues, as we were talking before the show. Mm-hmm. You've, you've been seeing quite a few things, so...
3: Yeah, a lot of stuff from the uh, extra cold winter that we had and the <laughs> right. kind of drought headed into winter last year. So. Right,
2: right. So hopefully we can get a few calls on that and help with, with some of those issues. Okay, 402 729 Let's set
1: this thing uh, started. Four zero two seven two nine 729 is the phone number. Uh, we'll get you into our handy-dandy uh, screen caller. And put you on the air, air here really, really quickly. We have uh, open lines all over the place. Four zero two seven two nine three three eight three. Something just doesn't quite sound right to me.
2: Yeah, very echoey.
1: It is. I feel like it really kind of is. Well, all, anyway, up and up and on. <laughs> here we go. Four zero two seven two nine three three eight three. We're on the air. We're ready for your questions. Uh, phone them in. Uh, let me see. I was talking to somebody who was fussing over their knockout roses. Mm, and yes. this is like the whole world is her knockout roses. Okay? <laughs> yes. All right. Well,
2: we get our we get our little pet plants. I have a couple myself. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Uh, that they're, you know, you take extra special care of them because they 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 are just that cool of a plant.
1: Uh, so with the, the th- I said, have you seen any of the Japanese beetle, right? Uh-huh. Because they really seem to like yes. knockout roses. Yes. So, and I was uh, brought up, well, is there uh, preventive uh, measures that somebody can take uh, that has, you know, a uh, plant that is really adored by the Japanese beetle?
2: Um, I, the only thing I would say is, um, like Dick had talked last week, there are some systemic insecticides that could be applied and you could apply that, you know, in the spring or any time now, um, and it would work pretty much through the year for you to help uh, with anything that starts chewing on, on the leaves of that plant. Um, so that that is an option. I guess that would tentatively, I mean, that would be preventative. Yeah. <clears throat> um, uh, but the other thing is, you know, you can just watch to see how bad the population gets and just spray and if you wait to spray with like a contact spray like a seven or something like that just being very careful that you're not hitting the blooms of the roses Mm. because that's where um, you know your bees are going to forage and i saw a honeybee yesterday did you really i did i was very excited i Mm. saw him on the ground and i had to make sure i didn't step on him i can
3: top that actually fed one the other day very nice (laughs) I saw it when I came back from a run. It was just sitting on the pavement, kind of late at night. So I figured it was cold and probably needed some food. So mixed up some sugar water, and away it went.
1: There you go, Dave. Uh, do you uh, do this often? Feed the honeybees? Huh? Not
3: often. No, okay. I've done a bumblebee before a few <laughs> years back. Okay, but.
1: Oh, well that's right. Uh, you know, it's funny though. Uh, the, the 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 pollinators, uh, they like uh, they like sugar water just like your hummingbirds do. And so there's always. Uh, You know, you buy these hummingbird feeders and they have, they call them, what do they call them, bee uh, guards or something. And I'm like, why can't we just go ahead and feed the pollinator little honeybees too? Mm -hmm. Not a bad idea, right?
3: Right. Yeah. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, I know they they like to climb all over the grape uh, jelly that you put out for Orioles, Mm -hmm. that's for sure, especially when it gets a little bit warmer.
2: Yeah. Mm. And, you know, a lot of people are a little nervous around stinging insects, but... You know, like, you know, Dave was just being nice to the bee and the bee understood that. (laughs) Yeah, sure. I avoided stepping on the bee. It Mm -hmm. never even came at me. So, you know, just remember that you don't have to like swat at them. They're not going to they're not going to come and sting you just to come and sting you because bees die if they sting you. Yeah. So They don't want to.
1: Yeah um uh also by the way since we're on the topic of Mm -hmm. of bees uh carpenter bees Mm -hmm. i had a problem with those last year first time ever and so i was doing some uh you know just some reading up on them and as i understand it uh the further south you get the more common carpenter bees become uh and i found out that uh, there's a really easy trap that if anybody's halfway handy can make themselves uh and then i found some online that were like the frugal home guard or something Mm -hmm. and you get they got like three of them and they were like i don't know Mm -hmm. four or five dollars each but uh the the thing that they said about the the you know they and it's amazing uh, the 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 holes that they Mm -hmm. they bore Mm -hmm. much like a flicker or the woodpeckers that go around a tree and put the little holes Mm -hmm. all the way around Mm -hmm they're just uniform i mean you just look like a drill bit Mm -hmm. went and did this um and that they don't really after they get the nest built they don't really compromise the wood underneath your your you know like your decking or in your eaves so it's not really a uh, that's really not a problem Uh, if you can live with them they're not really going to hurt your wood but man they are aggressive for being a non stinging
2: <laughs> right.
1: uh, insect. Because oh, all <laughs> the old look the, tough. Yeah, <laughs> the the queen does have a stinger, but right. the ones that you see generally that are like, you know, dive bombing you uh, aren't are, are males and they don't right. they, they they don't have a stinger. They they look like a big old honeybee. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they're the weirdest little
4: mm-hmm. little
1: little cats that are around. And then another thing I saw that was really cool. Down in Kansas, somebody had posted a picture in Kansas along their foundation. Uh, between the foundation and, and the grass line, they had probably a one foot strip hang out, you know, that was underneath the eaves. And there were all these ant lion
0: pits. Oh,
2: yeah. And there That's were so like,
1: cool. there were like probably. Uh, close to a dozen of them you know and uh, she wanted to know you know what are these you know what are these yeah and yeah so
2: antlions are pretty cool insects so Mm -hmm. i think that's
1: antlions are like one of my favorite
2: yeah and and really uh like in an insect collection it's probably one of the most missed uh insects and because what you're what the pits are is when it's an immature and it's this little like i don't know Tiny little creature with these big mandibles, right? Uh-huh. And then it turns into what looks like it's very similar to like a dragonfly or a mm-hmm. damselfly. And so they often confuse that in a collection with a damselfly or a dragonfly because as an adult it looks very different. But they have little knobs on their antennae. Right? Yeah, they're a little is that, different looking. Is that how? I found one on
3: a fence last summer. I was all excited. Yeah, so. you don't
2: see. I I don't find them very often. I don't have one in my collection. So. No. All
3: right. No, I don't. I let that guy live. But. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, listen, we had a uh, call from uh, Stan in Grand Island who had uh, some kind of a nonsense question he wanted me to ask. But uh, we're going to put that one on hold. Thank you very much, Stan. It was actually a uh, text. Uh, but we do have Bob from Morville with the question. Hi, Bob. How are you today? Hello. Hi. Yeah,
5: I'm Hey, uh, it looks like uh, I'm gonna have apple.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: Boy, Bob, you're you're breaking up really bad. In apple. fact, we can just barely hear you. I don't know. Bob's going to have to find a little bit better signal and call. He's mm-hmm. questioning his his apple production, evidently.
2: Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'd talked about that a couple weeks ago. I don't know if his is, uh, but he said he looks like he's going to have apples. Yeah. So um, so that's a good thing. But um, now that the, the blooms are done, you know, if he's got issues with um, diseases or insects, um, you can start um, treating that tree, you know, for like uh, using an um, orchard home fruit tree spray. And that's got insecticide and fungicide, and that would help. Um, I don't know what his issue is, but that would be yeah one i would think of so hopefully either that answered your question bob or you can call back
1: yeah uh, once you get a little bit better signal we just couldn't couldn't really grab a hold of it 402-729-3383 402-729-3383 if you have a question now's a good right time to call we have open lines for you 402 3383
2: so um one of the things i want to talk about you know we're in that uh time frame now where we can be planting gardens we can plant flowers things like that i just want to remind you with the chances of rain that i think i don't know may or may not still be in the forecast um, just to make sure that you don't mud them in so you want to make sure that the soil is dry when you're planting things because um, if you go in to plant when it's muddy Um, it'll just compact that soil and it um, it's not very good for root development as they grow so that was one thing that i wanted to bring up
1: all right four zero two seven two nine three three eight three once again that's our phone number on yard and garden live we've got a good long time ahead of us here we'll be here for about another hour and 20 minutes uh trying to uh, take your phone calls and answer their your questions richard in marysville hello richard Richard, are you there?
0: Yes. What? Um I had, we planted some new trees a year ago. Um, two of them are kind of a maple. I don't remember what what it was, and then the other one was an oak. And uh, the the two of them are really doing good, and the one oak wasn't going to bud out at all. All of a sudden, on the main stem, it's starting to shoot new shoots out. Is that tree going to survive the sun for?
2: Are the new shoots all at the base of the tree? Is that what we're dealing with? On the,
0: on the main, uh, tra- I mean, the, all the way up, it's starting to shoot new shoots, but the, the old shoots from last year never made it. They just...
4: Never
1: shot new leaves this spring. Okay. Do you know, are those, the old limbs, are they completely dead? I...
2: If you... What you can do on those branches is kind of scratch at the surface of the bark and see if they're green underneath or brown underneath. Green means they're still alive. The oaks are a little slower um, coming out this year, aren't they? Dave? Yeah,
3: I've seen some where their leaves aren't fully out yet, or mm-hmm. they're still like half the size they should be. So that could be part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would definitely recommend checking yeah. and seeing if those branches are still alive. Give it,
0: just give it time until next. I mean, until this fall, and then see what happens. I guess I would. Yeah, I would see what it
2: looks like. You know, in a week or two, um, see how it's looking at that point. Um, if you're you know if you're still not seeing any growth on them and you know later in the year you can cut those off but with it being an oak you kind of want to wait till the fall
3: yeah we uh, don't recommend pruning oaks um, until like late summer or towards the fall um, because there is something called oak uh, wilt uh, it's a disease that is spread by a fungus beetle uh, we don't have a ton of it in nebraska but it's something you just want to watch out for so not pruning um, kind of in the later okay. part of the spring and the uh- early summer
0: Last year, it was the leaves just looked kind of curly. And first, I thought maybe there was like some oh, damage from chemicals or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, I even put a little seven on and gave a little extra fertilizer. But I don't know. I guess we'll just have to wait till fall and see what happens.
3: Yeah, the curling on that, we see a lot of that on oaks. Um we suspect that it's um, resulting from growth regulator type herbicides that have a high tendency to kind of volatilize into the air and then settle back down. Um so you we do like s-
0: dicamba or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: things like that, dicamba and 2,4-D. Uh, okay. yeah. Um so yeah. that can cause some curling. Um we're not really sure of the long-term impacts of that yet. Um but okay. I wouldn't recommend uh, applying, you know, seven or anything like that cuz it's not an insect problem and uh, we generally don't recommend, uh, you know, the uh, synthetic fertilizers either, because if the tree's stressed out, that can actually cause some more problems.
0: Okay. Well, we just fertilized it when we planted it. I mean, that's what they recommended. I mean,
3: where did you uh, get these trees from?
0: Ah, uh, I think.
2: Okay. And do you know where they were sourced from? Any, by any chance? Oh.
0: No, I didn't ask. Him. I, mm-hmm. I could ask him sometime. But, um, so,
2: you know, I, and sometimes when, um, sometimes our trees are shipped out to like nationwide chains like that, and and they may not be quite as hardy as, as they would be if they came from local. And so sometimes oh. you can have some issues with that. And I wonder if there was some issues with the winter and mm-hmm. and that.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. I wasn't going
2: to do anything anymore replant. Yeah, I would. Uh, you can give it some time before you decide if you need to replant.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I tell you what, I'd give just about anything for the next call to be nice and clear. <laughs> Wow, what's the thing with the phone lines this morning? (laughs) Hard to understand for some reason. Uh, We'll try again. Uh, We certainly uh, want you to give us a call at 402-729-3383. 402-729-3383. We'll return with more Yard and Garden after this time out. And we are back with more Yard and Garden Live for you. Uh, We have a couple of people standing by. We want to uh, tell Tyler from Beatrice. Uh, We'll get to you right after we talk with Sandy from Herkimer. Good morning, Sandy. You have a question.
6: Yes, I have some boxwoods that are really brown Mm -hmm. on the top. Is there anything I can do for that?
2: Well, that is a common problem this year um, because of the winter. Um, and so what I've been saying is just wait another week or so, see if they ha- have any more green that shows up in there, and then you can cut that brown off of them. So okay. as long as there's still green below, just cut the brown out.
6: And it'll maybe be okay next year?
2: Yeah. It's, um, it's winter injury from okay. this, The I think... Probably the negative twenty nine. Yeah, yeah, twenty nine to <laughs> 30, 30
1: below. Uh, yeah, kind of took it. Uh, yeah. and, and you know we've had we've had uh, boxwood mm-hmm. calls one or two just about every week. So and it's, I'm
2: getting three and four almost every day. At the so office, it, yeah, it's so. really
1: common. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I understand. If you do end up cutting that uh, the brown out, it fills in. Yeah,
2: it will um, eventually. It, you know, it'll take a little bit for it to grow back. But um, boxwoods are broadleaf evergreen, so they you know they're still maintaining those leaves all winter, so they're still transpiring all winter, um, and mm-hmm. so then we get you know some desiccation when it transpires more than irrigation, um, but also just that excessively cold really did them in. There's a few plants we're seeing that on. Yeah, <laughs> um, for sure. So, and, and
1: you know, and I, you, I think you mentioned it, or somebody mentioned, maybe. Uh, no, I think it was you mentioned last week when this happens to like these boxwood. There's actually, you know, because they're green all winter long. There's actually uh, actual moisture in the in the leaves, and when it gets to thirty below, guess what mm-hmm. happens to the moisture? Well, it yeah. freezes, mm-hmm. and so right, that's going to turn to brown. Yeah, that makes yeah. perfect sense when okay. you when you start to okay. think about it. Right.
2: Yep.
6: Sure, sure. Okay, I have another question. I bought some azaleas to plant on the south side of my house. Is that going to need a lot of extra care? South
2: side. Um, in regards to,
6: like, fertilizing or um, keeping the soil at a certain um, pH? or
2: They do like a little more acidity in the soil around them um do you happen to know what the soil or ph is there no i do not okay so you could do a soil test and that will tell you what that ph is they they like a little more um, acidic most of our soils um, in home landscapes are going to be a little more on the alkaline side Uh more more clay Um, and so they may need a little bit of um, there's some special fertilizers that kind of help make it a little more acidic around them it's not to the blueberry level right so they they can grow in our soils but they'll do a little better with a little more acidity um okay. and being on the south side they they may need uh, it, do they have any shade there any like afternoon not so, yeah late afternoon yes they will okay because they may need a little bit of uh protection from like the high afternoon sun um okay for an azalea One-
6: once they're established will it still need more protection and more fertilizer and all that?
2: Yeah, that's kind of how they like to grow. Okay. They'll they'll do okay. okay in full sun, but I'd say like if you could plant them somewhere where maybe like one to two or three they're a little more shaded, maybe even dappled shade, they might do a little bit better. In
1: the afternoon, late afternoon mm-hmm. hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay.
2: The hot okay. afternoon hours yeah, is what gotcha. I'm looking at.
1: Yeah.
7: Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Oh, well, yep. thank you thank for you. the call.
1: Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. 402-729-3383. 402-729-3383. We have open lines now. If you tried to call and got a busy signal, call now. You won't. You'll get in right away. Hi, Tyler. Tyler from Beatrice with a question, guys.
0: Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I got, a, I got bad science congestion. What in, what inside plant would be the best for uh, the air? I guess.
1: Say that one more time.
0: So,
1: yeah. yeah, can you just repeat your question?
0: Which inside plant would be best for uh, clean air?
1: Ah, to help you clean your air inside. Yeah. You want a yeah. potted plant that you think that's going to uh, help? Wow, this is a question we've never had. I would go with a, uh, what, an air air filter maybe inside? I don't know. <laughs> Nicole, that's a good
2: question. I mean, some of our plants are going to help with that. I, I think pretty much or a lot of your house plants will help a little bit with that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure um, off top of my head which one is going to be best for that.
3: Yeah, I don't really know either. Um, um, you
2: should just go live in a tree house. <laughs>
1: No, that wouldn't work, would it? No, that's not good.
2: Um, I can do some check-in and and see what I can find for you. I just don't know off the top of my head, um, really, which ones are are better for that. Okay, so if you you keep listening, I'll see if I can find something. Yeah,
1: that's kind of an interesting question. Mm -hmm. Thank you for your uh, question, Tyler. Let's go to uh, Donna, who is a couple miles south of Weimar. Hi, Donna. Hello. Hey, great, great phone connection here. This is good. What's your question?
7: Well, I have an heirloom tea tea rose bush, Mm -hmm. and it seems as though I had some winter kill or something over the winter, because it's a huge bush, it's about 15 years old, and about three-fourths of the bush appears to be dead, but there's still some leaves towards the center. Mm Do I need to just... My sister told me to just cut it off the root, cut it off at the ground. Is that what I need to do
2: to this? What I could, you said a hybrid tea, right? Yes. Hybrid tea, Rose. Um, yes. So what I, I don't think I would go all the way back to the ground with that. I think I would just cut back, cut off the dead branches and leave, you know, cause you said it does have some leaves in there. So I would just yes. cut back to that. Okay okay um and and we saw a lot of that you know it was the winter again i know i i feel like i'm using that for an excuse for everything but really it was a real rough winter and we're seeing roses um looking like that i have a few roses i planted last spring and they weren't looking real great for the first couple of you know getting into later april i was kind of getting worried about them they had a few leaves but they've really filled out a lot more and um, you can just go and prune those dead canes out and you'll see the difference um, in the, the dead and healthy tissue on those canes. Right. It'll go from that Brown to like green or red, you know? Um, right. And so you'll, you can see that line. So just cut just a little past that and you'll be fine. They'll, they'll regrow.
7: Okay, great. Thank you. And I do, I do agree with your the winter kill we live on an acreage
2: and we had a lot of winter kill around us yes it's it's tough you know and the the problem is like you know where our hardiness zone is they're basing it on our plant plants can survive in our average normal winters well we hit um temperatures that were average for like north dakota you know negative 30 2 or 29 or whatever we were hitting when I when we hit that I looked at the hardiness zone map and that's like the hardiness zone for North Dakota well that's a good that that's that's another good point yeah you know so those temperatures were you know we're not going to see them very often but you have to remember a hardiness zone map is based on your average temperatures so when we see temperatures that far out of the range it really can harm a lot of our plants most of them will, will be all right but some of those that maybe are mildly uh, uh, okay, in the area, kind of in, we'll, on the, we'll on have the more, yeah. yeah yeah, we'll and have like more in problems. that
1: in that zone. I'm I'm more interested, Donna, in finding this out. Uh, the, your sister who told you just cut just cut them off on the ground. Do uh, does she kind of like does she always tell you what to do? And <laughs> do...
7: well, I originally the bush was in her yard, and I originally uh, okay. got a slip off of it. Mm-hmm. Well, about three years ago, she redid the basement under her house. And they cut off her bush at the ground level, and it has come back and is thriving.
2: And you can do that with some of the roses. Um, I'm a little more cautious on which ones you can do that with because some of them, yes, you can, but some roses are grafted, and if you. If it's not, it, and with your case, it wouldn't be grafted since you have it from a, a cutting from that's a slip. what I
1: was going to ask. Is it not grafted? Yeah, no. Okay. If
2: she's got it from a cutting or a slip, um, then it's not grafted. Yeah. Um, then it would be okay. Uh, the thing is, a lot of our roses are grafted, and if you cut below that graft union, you're not going to like what comes back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's okay. not
1: different. Yeah, it's a completely so, different plant. So that's why uh, I'm
2: a little more cautious and say, you know, just cut back to the plant. Uh, where it's greening up, and you'd be fine either way. But um, then at least you have something there for a little bit if you just cut back to where it's leafing out.
7: Okay, great. Yep, Donna, please. Thank you so much for your help. Yeah, Thank and you. please
1: please call back again. We love having uh-huh. you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Four zero two seven two nine three three eight three four zero two seven two nine three three eight three that's the phone number on yard and garden live what's bugging you what's going on in your landscape how's your yard how's are you are you ready to plant your garden would this be a good weekend to plant the garden all great questions can i transplant this plant uh now or should i wait uh also dynamite questions here we get you an answer at 402-729-3383 402-729-3383 uh boy i tell you i was looking at at my trees and i'm going i'm gonna have to spend just an afternoon going around and uh uh, cutting the suckers Mm. out of my out of my (laughs) around my uh trees i've got uh, a whole lot of that going on
2: what kinds of trees are we
1: Uh, a little bit of everything Um, uh, my pear tree is suckering mm-hmm. real bad, uh, and then I've got a couple of the, uh, the flowering crabapple trees. Those will do that. And they're mm-hmm. they're yeah, and they've always mm-hmm. they've always suckered really bad. Uh, my apple trees, they're not suckering so much mm-hmm. that they're dwarf, and they're a newer, you know, they're they're a newer cultivar. So I don't know if that made any difference or
2: what, but. Mm-hmm. Huh. The stress level can impact that suckering as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So some plants are just prone to suckering. Maples tend to do that yeah. just yep. because they mm-hmm. want to. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but oftentimes, when a tree is stressed, like we see with Emerald Ash Borer, one of the indications is they sucker a lot, and it's because if the top is dying or very stressed, they're trying to push out new growth, and that's just where it can come out. Right.
1: When you uh, when you do go out and cut the suckers off, do you just go down to the ground? Mm-hmm. And pretty much as close as you can get to the ground, and yes. obviously you don't want to treat that with no. anything. <laughs> no. There is a
2: product, Sucker Stop. I've heard of it, yeah, I but I think seen the reviews are. I think the reviews are mixed on it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's made out of
1: Kool Aid and vinegar. So you can, <laughs> can make your. But own. no, you
2: don't. You don't want to treat that with anything because yeah. it can kill the main plant. Well, I
1: mean, it's part of your roots, so right. your main tree, right? Right. right? right. All right. Here's Jerry from Dewitt. Hi, Jerry.
0: Hello. How are you?
1: Pretty good. What's your question?
0: Well, I'm more curious than anything. There's some trees growing in an area that I have some property what's some property that I own, and I do not know what type they are, and I'd like to know. Well, I wonder if I could send. I've got, i got Nicole's number. If I could mm-hmm. send her a picture, would she be able to maybe yeah. get an answer?
2: Yeah, send a picture of like the leaves, so that I can see like the arrangement, like how they're on that branch. Um, as well as uh, you know like an overall of the tree um, and those kinds of things. If you see any flowers or fruits, those are really helpful. <laughs> also
1: oh, also Jerry.. Flowers. Uh, okay. okay. Look also Jerry for a like a little green plastic tag that might be around <laughs> <laughs> And send, and send her a picture of that. Too, okay? <laughs> no, we'll okay. be we'll be waiting for that picture to come in yep. and uh, is there anything else?
0: I will try to send it. I don't know if my reception is going to okay. let it go or not, but
2: I'll try. All right. Okay. If it's after the show, you know where to find me. Okay. Thank Thanks.
1: You. 402-729-3383. 402-729-3383. Arden Garden Live here on this Friday morning, uh, May and May and June, and April, May, June, just especially the first parts of June, just a great time to uh, – do yard and garden live
2: <laughs> yes. you know
1: and then you know you get into the summer and man you're just kind of plodding along yep. but uh well, that's
2: when the bugs come out yeah
1: well there's something <laughs> yeah something's going on uh 402-729-3383 is our phone number on yard and garden love love to have you be part of the program this morning again we have open lines at 402-729-3383 and surely from February has a barking dog and a question. Hi, Shirley.
7: Hi. Uh, I was wondering, is it too late to put crabgrass control on the lawn? Um,
2: no. Actually, our soil temperatures have maintained in that 55 to 60, unfortunately, this time of year. Um, yeah. So you may have some that has germinated. So there's products like, I think Drive is the one that's both pre- and post- emergent activated, or so it works on stuff if it has already germinated. Um, and so that would work for you. Um, and even if you use just a straight, uh, straight pre-emergent, you might have a few plants that get through, but you'd still be pretty fine. I mean, pretty okay on, on applying it. Now, if you haven't done it, I'd say go ahead and, and use that.
7: Okay, very good. Thank mm-hmm. you very thank, much. Thank you, Shirley. Uh-huh. Uh huh.
1: Four zero two seven two nine three three eight three. If you want to uh, apply a uh, fall application pre-emergence to uh, take care of oh henbit and a few other things like that, what would be a, a good pre-emergence to buy for that? And since right now you were looking at uh, all kinds of things that are pre-emergent leaning uh, on the market you might want to go out and get some before uh, it's all gone or, or is a person just as uh, well served with a uh, fall application of 2,4-D that's a, a, a long question there so Do you have any?
2: as long as you hit a little later with a 2,4-D right in the fall um, you would be fine you would still catch the henbit um, after it has germinated right um there are some pre-emergent herbicides um for uh for your broadleaf weeds in the fall and um i can't remember what they are you get a chance maybe you can figure it out i'll figure that out (laughs) all right i know
1: know there's there's only like three chemicals that you know i don't know why you can't keep track of there's what three well maybe four
2: i keep track of the crabgrass ones. yeah (laughs) okay um but the the post-emergent ones as long as it's you know, hitting, like, that mid to late October application time frame, then the henbit should be germinated by then, and so you should be able to catch it with that.
1: Let's talk to uh, Donnie from Bruning. Hi, Donnie. What's your question?
5: Hey, when's it uh, a time you can spray your linden trees with um,
8: Japanese beetles?
3: Yeah, so with the lindens, we have to be really careful because they are um, pollinated by things like bees. Um, So we generally don't recommend uh, treating the linden trees for Japanese beetles, unfortunately, even though they they can defoliate quite a bit of the tree. Um, Usually it's something, unfortunately, we just say kind of have to deal with and hope that the Japanese beetle populations are going to kind of stabilize over time. Um, The good news is that they won't really kill the linden tree. Um, or anything like that. Usually it just kind of makes it look bad like kind of getting late into the season. But yeah, we have to really be careful with a lot of our products. Um, a lot of the products that are used um, for treatment on the linden systemics can't be used because they're a neonicotinoid. Um, and then the sprays, um, there are some sprays out there that they will use, but we generally don't recommend it because by the time that you actually see two spray, uh, most of the damage has already been done. Um, and it's a very short-lived product, so it would have to be something that would um, be done time and time again.
0: Okay, well, I uh, thank you, sir.
1: You betcha. Yep. Plus, uh, we, we got to use the word neonicicide, which uh, is what we haven't had uh, for quite some time. Uh, so thank you for that, Dave. Uh, it's the old neonicicide coming out, huh? 402729-3383. 402729 3383 our phone number yard and garden live on this friday morning 402-729-3383 last week i said i would do this uh on a kind of a weekly basis because uh depending upon the week and the time uh, that we do it we might be reaching a a new audience and this is uh A pretty good list of the area farmers' markets uh, in our area in Wilbur. Their farmer market farmers' market is uh, from four until six thirty on Tuesday at the corner of Third and Harris. On Thursday in Crete, from two thirty until six at the Ace Hardware parking lot. Say hi to Dan for us, please. Thursday, Beatrice, uh, four until six thirty. And this is at 6th and High Street. That's the Methodist Church, their parking lot. Down in Washington, Kansas, they have one Thursday and Saturday, the west side of the courthouse. Thursday's Farmer's Market is 4 to 6.30, Saturday from 8 until noon. In Hebron, 8 until noon on Saturday as well at 240 Lincoln Avenue. And uh, Growing Farmer's Market Back in downtown Fairbury. Nice to have it back uh, in the downtown area. They are here 8 until noon on the west side of the square on uh, Saturday mornings as well. And and by the way, if you hear of one of those and you go, no, that's not quite true, uh, or if you want to add one to the list, you certainly can do that by giving us a call. Or your questions, we can answer those. 402 Seven two nine three three eight three four zero two seven two nine three three eight three. Our phone number and our lines are open for your questions on Yard and Garden Live. Nicole.
2: Well, I did receive the photos from Jerry from Dewitt. Okay, but we're if I'm looking for a little closer up of the leaves, okay. so I messaged him back asking for that. So just that's what we've been looking at is been having big, a debate over
3: what it is yeah, yeah we're
2: we're not 100 sure because we can't quite see like the arrangement of the leaves um and so that does make a big difference on if mm-hmm. it's if they're opposite or alternate um will make a difference in how those um and what that is so okay um
1: more work for gary Jerry. Jerry, I'm sorry. Poor Jerry and DeWitt uh, out here photographing trees for you. 402-729-3383. That's our number. If you'd like to give us a call, we're here to answer your questions by we. I mean she and him. She being Nicole Stoner, Gage County Extension Educator, and him, Dave Olson, with the Nebraska Forest Service. uh, I, I, I know you mentioned that you were getting back... Getting back to get ready to go back into the office, and you were looking forward to that. Where is your office, Dave?
3: We're in Lincoln on the east campus of the okay. university. So. All right.
1: Okay. Very good. So, um, and do you spend your time in the office a lot, or are you out in the field more, or how's it work?
3: It depends. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times, we're out visiting with Forest Health. We're visiting some of our rural forestry staff throughout the state, mm-hmm. assisting them. Um, and other times, we do spend more time in the office, or. I'm working more with the community foresters and things like that yeah. as well.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, the community foresters—it's an interesting term. Uh, maybe we have a chance to talk a little bit about urban forestry, mm-hmm. and you know what what it means and. Uh, why it's important. I mean, why can't we just plant a tree wherever we want to plant a tree? Uh, <laughs> and you can explain that probably a little bit better, and we'll have some time coming up. Maybe we can get into that. Uh, our phones are ringing, which is great. Uh, Patsy from Adams is here with a question. Hi, Patsy.
4: Hi. I don't have a question this morning. Just wanted to make you aware that Bennett, Nebraska has a farmer's market. That has been established about eight years ago. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. It's at the uh, city park, which there's signage. It's about two blocks off from the highway. Uh Uh-huh. It's every Wednesday, four to seven PM.
1: You are on my list.
4: Perfect. Okay. And thank you. And thanks for calling.
1: That's great. Appreciate it. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Thank you. we have open lines now if you would like to call 402-729-3383. We have Addison from Claytonia here. Hi, Addison.
5: Hi. I got a question about asparagus. I got a black and yellow bug eating on the side
8: mm-hmm.
2: of it. Mm-hmm.
5: What can I do with that?
2: So... Is that, is that a beetle? Yeah, yeah, probably. Would Well, black and yellow.
5: Not
3: sure.
2: <laughs> Does it, um, like, is... Is it striped? Is it spotted?
5: It's kind of striped. It's got a black stripe through the middle and yellow on the sides. And then like the back end of it's got a like a blue marking on it.
2: Does it have some red on it too?
5: Oh boy, I'd have to look back at my picture. I can send it to you.
2: Yeah, because there's a couple of different asparagus beetles. Um, there's a, it's a striped and a spotted, isn't it? Asparagus beetles. Something like I know that. More tree there's, insects, <laughs> <but> <laughs> there's two different asparagus beetles. One's more common than the other. But the good and, news is
1: one <clears throat> one thing will take care of both of them, right?
2: Yeah, um, you can use just like your seven or, or eight okay. on that. Um, the big issue with those asparagus beetles is they'll cause the um, shepherd's crook at the tip of the the stock or the the stalks that you're going to pick, right? So they don't look as pretty. And the yeah, other I thing, the bigger probably the less appetizing issue that we see little black um, uh, the little black spots on there and and that's the frass and there's some eggs that they'll attach on there too but um basically the it's insect poop is frass mm-hmm. um and so um so that's a little le- a little less appetizing right but you can wash them and just kind of they rub right off of yeah. there. Um, when you're washing them, I we see some on ours when we pick it. Yeah, especially okay. the later
1: it gets. Yeah, the more you see these uh, yep. little black. Looks like somebody's gone out there and peppered them for you. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, so yeah. just right. put
2: a little extra pepper on there. You won't yeah. even know. Okay, right? but it's, yep. it's fine. <laughs> but you know, if
1: you if you actually would put use like a seven, you'd have to be really careful with asparagus, I would think, because of uh, you know y- y- how how long you'd have to wait before you could actually bring yeah. it in and to um, the table, and you know asparagus is like up.
2: Ready to cut. I'm pretty sure it grew like three inches from the morning to the afternoon. Exactly, yeah. So, Um, but yeah, it, um, I would make sure that you're um, following the label on how much to apply and on what that, um, the pre harvest interval is. So that's how long from when you apply it to when you can harvest. And it probably, you're probably right, it probably is a day or two, I would guess, at least most things are. and, you know, like in my asparagus patch, I just kind of let it go. Because like you said, Randy, it's just now starting to show up. And my asparagus is starting to get a little more spindly. Yeah, it's um, getting a little and leggy too, So probably, it's, yeah. it's starting to get towards the end. And so I just kind of work with it. Um, and cleaning up stuff around it, keeping the, the weeds down and stuff, that can help as well. And you can hand pick those beetles off as well if you uh, want to do that. And I that I'm You su- usually don't see a ton yeah, of them. I'm
1: surprised you saw one, uh, Addison, because I... I mean, I see the the aftermath uh-huh, of, right. of what they've done, but I don't think I've ever caught one on a stock. But that's pretty cool. Uh,
0: right, I
5: did. I cut the stock off, and I'm like, ah, oh, you're causing the problem. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Here you are, you little guy. Uh, yeah, probably, uh, I guess the advice from Nicole would be not really to worry about mm-hmm. them. And uh, you're probably getting close to the end of, of cutting your asparagus anyway. Just clean it up right. real good.
5: Thank you you bet
1: thanks for the call 402-729-3383 402-729-3383 is our phone number i was uh, so cool we added another uh farmer's market to our list bennett in the city park every wednesday from 4 until 7 p.m been there a good long time she said Mm -hmm. so 402-729-3383 uh you are listening to yard and garden live on old red 99.5 we have a another phone call coming in here and uh we'll go ahead and pop these uh pop this person on the air as soon as we get the clearance this is uh this is steve steve from fairberry hi steve hey good morning how you doing well i'm doing fairly well how are you
0: Well, pretty good. Good, good. Hey, um, I sent Nicole some pictures um, this morning of a lilac bush that we have that's three to four years old. But um, this year, it's got some strange things on it. Uh, It almost looks like it got crossed with marijuana. Have you ever heard anything
2: like that? I don't think it did. Let me pull up your pictures here. Okay.
1: Have you been? uh, Never mind. I thought maybe. maybe well, Crystal yeah.
0: has a patch out there. Excuse me. My yeah, right. Yeah, out yeah, out.
1: yeah, yeah, right. I would watch her. I'm telling you, man. Yeah. So
2: looks we like get the picture. It bro- looks like witch's broom. It looks like what? Uh, it's a, a condition called witch's it? broom. Yep. Let me pull that back up again. I, I never heard it. of that. So it's um, caused by an insect. There's feeding. some different
3: things that cause it depending on the species. We see it a lot on hackberry trees,
2: mm-hmm.
1: too. Mm-hmm. Ah. So will it come out on its own, or? Well, it's just a weed
2: inside there, right? Or it could be that, too. Let me look here a little more.
3: Yeah, the witch's broom is kind of like abnormal growth that occurs mm. oh, kind of on in like the, bunches. On the lilac. It yeah. actually, it is, huh?
2: Yeah. Um, it, no, that's, that's actually, like, on the lilac. Okay. So can you just cut that out?
3: I'm not sure on a lilac. Usually with hackberry, it's just something you deal with with a larger tree. Um, it can also be caused from herbicide damage oh, as well. Wait but a
2: minute, that looks more.
3: Look yeah, no, that. No, you're, you're I got to the third rocket. picture
2: here. That is a lot.
3: Yeah, that is a lot. Um,
1: it, it, is this something that you can ref,
3: You know,
2: just That's do rejuvenation. That's what the I was ref, wondering if you do a rejuvenation cutting, and you could mm-hmm. do that now because they probably just finished blooming or are just finished blooming, just finishing blooming. Um, so you can cut that back. And so I I would do that. I would just cut it all the way back, um, to, you know, within six to eight inches of the soil and it will regrow. It won't bloom probably next year. Or if it does, it's not going to be very much bloom. Um, but the, it'll, it'll grow back just fine. Um, and that should take care of it. What I would do, um, when you, when you cut that is get rid of that plant material so that if it is from like an insect or something like that cuz like david said it can be mm-hmm. from different things um that you're getting rid of that that pest as right. you do that so um, i would okay. just take it out of there and uh and destroy it you know if you've got a place you can burn it otherwise throw it in the in the garbage mm-hmm. to go to the okay. dump
0: and what'd you call that again a witch's what witch's broom witch's broom okay mm-hmm that that's kind of fitting too <laughs> yeah it it is very
2: interesting and um yeah. if you don't mind when i post the questions on my blog i might use a picture or two from this if you don't don't mind me using oh, that no
0: no that's fine yeah, okay just, so that I they you know the listeners can
2: see what it looks like too
0: yeah uh, you know lilacs are so hardy that mm-hmm. i just never had anything like this happen yeah it
2: does look very odd <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, thanks for the info. I appreciate it.
1: Thank, thank you. you.
0: Have a good one. You huh? too. Take care. Bye-bye.
1: <laughs> Steve, thank you. We'll be back with more Yard and Garden Live. Stick around. Don't go anywhere, please. Yes, yeah, a Fleetwood Mac bumper music morning. I like On On Yard and Garden Live, we are back. 402-729-3383. This is for T-Man. He suggested that, right? Good Good choice. (laughs) 402-729-3383. The phone number for Yard and Garden Live. Been a great bunch of calls this morning. Mm Kind of got off to a rocky start. Some of this didn't feel right or sound right. And then we had a couple of uh, phone calls that... uh, well because of the cell phones right it wasn't the greatest quality and it was hard to hear but we're rolling now 402-729-3383 and we'd love to have you part of the program 402-729-3383
2: so um we did get the photos from jerry from dewitt mm-hmm. uh of his tree, and dave you want to Take that because you figured it out and I didn't. (laughs) So we're
3: pretty sure that it is a Kentucky coffee tree, uh, which is actually a really good tree to Mm -hmm. plant. It's a uh, tree that uh, the Nebraska Forest Service, we encourage people to plant because we don't think there's enough of it um, in the state. And it's a really cool tree, too, because it's actually got a bipinnately compound leaf. So the leaves themselves are actually very, very large. What you're seeing um, on those little leaflets Actually, they go onto one stalk and then those attached to another stalk. That whole thing is actually considered the leaf. So uh, kind of a cool, Mm -hmm. uh, different tree, but will should do very well um, Mm -hmm. in this area.
2: And they have cool bark and they do have big old Kentucky uh, bean pods (laughs) uh, or coffee bean pods up in there. Um, But they They do fall down. They will. Mm -hmm. Squirrels will eat them um, and things like that. I think Um, we've seen
1: these in City, in February City Park. They have a... One maybe two like
2: that. Yeah, and some people don't like them. I think they're cool because that helps me to identify them in the winter. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you'll still see some up there, but um, but yeah, it's a really cool tree. We just don't have enough of them. So okay. yeah,
1: let's uh, talk with Bob from Swan. Oh. Hi, Bob. What's your question?
8: I got a couple of them for you.
1: Pine, you we got uh, we got a two for one going today, buddy.
8: Oh, okay, <laughs> I had a I've got a burning bush on the northwest corner of my house. And last year, it leafed out, and then the leaves all dried up and fell off. Now this year, uh, the north side of it leafed out, and the south side of the bush is dead. You can break the, the, like, branches right off. and, Mm -hmm. And And I don't know something got sprayed or why one half would be alive and the
2: other not. Well, we are seeing a lot of problems with burning bushes right now uh, this year, and they're just not leafing out, or we've got a lot of dead, like what you're saying. Um, mm-hmm. It could be that the north side was just getting hit by more of that wind during that real cold time frame. Um, but um, it, I would guess a lot of that this year, anyway, <clears throat> is from um, winter injury. Uh, um, burning bush is one that can take uh, a rejuvenation cutting, mm-hmm. um, so you can cut that one back and it should regrow,
8: if okay. you would like.
2: So, or you could just it, you could just cut out the side that's that's bad and it should fill back in.
8: Okay. Then I got a friend of mine that has two uh, pear trees, mm-hmm. and the top parts of both of them aren't leafing out. The bottom leafed out, but not the top. Will that come back?
3: uh it might It it depends on if that's alive or not it might just be late leafing out uh again i would say that that's if it's at the top like that my guess is that it might have to do with the extreme cold that we got or um, sometimes the early cold if we get a freeze really early on in the fall where it drops really low really quickly um that can do quite a bit of damage and when it's kind of at the tips like that that's what i tend to suspect with that so
8: oh so it will come
3: back, or it, it won't. It might not. If it's dead, it probably won't come back, um, which okay. might change the shape of the tree. Um. Sure.
1: Sometimes, sometimes uh, pear trees are if they're old, older pear trees, they get really, really big, and people just don't um, go up and and prune them like they should be pruned. Uh, is is a pear tree? Similar to like other fruit trees, where you really kind of want an umbrella and you want the middle of it more open.
4: Yes, and no. Is,
8: these are pear-shaped trees. They're not pear trees. Oh, what
2: oh, kind they, of tree is it? Uh, that's all I know. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you know, I I think I know what you, what, what you're talking like a about. A calorie pyramid. Yeah, it, and they're they really are they pretty? Do they flower real pretty? Yes.
2: So these are ornamental. Yeah,
1: things. yeah, I, yeah. All right. yeah
2: okay so yeah so like dave said it it may not come back up there especially Uh, if if the bottom half has the the leaves and the other thing you know if you get borers or canker or something like that there's a lot of different things that can affect it that makes the top half die back Um, Mm -hmm. and if that's the case it's not gonna regrow yeah. so you might oh, give it pretty. a little chance and see if it comes out of it
3: the ornamental pears are one though where we tend to see more winter damage on those Yeah, oh. so. uh-huh.
1: and they're really pretty but man they're they just not they don't have the longevity of a, a lot of our other trees do they
3: they have really bad yeah. branching structure from a river's right. standpoint yeah they're actually turning invasive in a lot of parts of the united are states really? too so yeah. we're encouraging people not to plant them in the yeah. future <laughs> if
1: you if you notice because i've had one and it's gone now because of that's what happened. Is that there at the very you know at the, at the bottom of the tree, it'll have a number of. Uh, they're not limbs; they're really trunks. There's like, you know, and they'll split off. And then in the winter, what happens is water will and snow will get down in the in the crack there in that crevice, and then it'll freeze, and then it'll thaw out, and it'll freeze, and every time it does that, it opens that tree up a little bit. So they don't. Uh, those really are
2: codominant leaders.
1: Thank you very much. I was going to say co were I knew you were thinking of it. You I, just
2: couldn't I, remember. It
1: knew that it was either that or a neo-niche hide. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Bob, thanks for your call. You bet. Thank
8: you. You I certainly you didn't lot. need
1: to listen to that, did he? <laughs> 402-729-3383 is our phone number. But you know what? Those trees are so pretty. It's they too really are. bad.
4: Yeah. They are. But there,
2: aren't they reverting back to, like, because there's some, like the Cleveland Select and the Chanticleer that are better selections for better branching habits, but some of the the like when they produce their seed, it's kind of reverting back to the original like yeah. terrible Bradford. They bear, get right? like these
3: like four inch long thorns. The branches mm-hmm. basically start out yeah. as a thorn, and they're they can puncture like logging equipment tires and tractor tires. And yeah. I guess starlings really like the fruit too, so it's like yeah. double invasive species. Yeah. <laughs> oh great,
1: yeah, just what we need. A f- a, f- a favorite fruit of the starling, a starling bunch. Stay away from my feeders, you starlings. <laughs> I hate you. Four zero two We'll be back with more Yard and Garden Live on Old Red 99.5. Yard and Garden Live, 402-729-3383. We are back taking your phone calls and answering your questions. So if uh, you have a question about something weird going on in your landscape, 402-729-3383. That is the phone number to call. We have open lines 402-729-3383. would love to hear from you. And the remaining time that we have left, and we have... Plenty of time for your phone calls, and we're setting a record pace today, by the way. So Mm -hmm. if you want to be part of a record-breaking Yard and Garden Live, that would be great, but we need at least one more call to make that happen. Oh, my goodness, it sounds like St. Jude here. Uh, Not nearly as important as St. Jude, by the way. Uh, Yard and Garden Live here on Old Red, 99.5402729. 3-3-8-3. That is our phone number, and if you've got a question, you should find that line open, and we can pop you on the air speedy quick and get you an answer. For instance, Jim and Beatrice. Hi, Jim. You have a question?
0: Yes, I do. We moved to a new place uh, this winter, and we have what we think might be a fire bush on uh, one end of the house. But it hasn't leafed out at all yet. Is that unusual? The stems look have kind of a greenish look to them, like you know, like they're live.
2: So you're you're meaning a burning bush.
0: Burning bush, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, so it's not typical, but it is typical. So it's not <laughs> especially it's, this year. It's huh? typical this year. Um, they should be leafing out a little bit more, but they just are very slow this year because um, of the winter. I feel like a broken record here, Um, but it's uh, it should come out of it. And the ones I've seen are starting to put on some more leaves. Do you have any leaves throughout it, or just is it just sparse?
0: A few, a few, but very few. Mm -hmm.
2: So, and you said it's still got green on the stem, so that indicates to me that it's probably still gonna come back. So I would just give it some time, and it should come out of that. Eventually, you'll see where it's pretty well leafed out and then you can cut the dead out or you can either you know scratch on the surface of those stems and see if there's any green underneath if there is it should leaf out eventually Um, or if it breaks rather than bends it should flex if it if it has no flex in it and it just breaks off that's a dead branch as well but um so you can
0: can you prune those back or how far could you prune them back
2: yeah those are one you actually can take back to the ground um, back to about six to eight inches above the ground, and it'll regrow. Um, but I would, you know, if you can give it some time, um, I probably, I wouldn't, um, I I would see if it comes out first. Um, okay. Just to, because especially if it's already stressed, it can cause a little more stress to do that, um, but you can do that to it.
1: Is uh, the rejuvenation when you cut it down to six to eight inches from the ground, can you do that in the fall as mm-hmm. well?
2: Yeah, yeah, and I, I think in this case, I would wait to do that in the fall um, and just prune out what you can this year and, you know, and see kind of how it comes out. It's still been fairly chilly, so we're still not seeing a lot of fast growth on those, but they should hopefully okay. start coming out of that. I think 70s are in the, like, daily forecast yeah, now, so are. things should start coming out of that. So. Okay.
4: Okay. I
0: appreciate your help. Thank
1: you, Jim. Thank you. 402-729-3383, 402-729-3383. Yard and Garden Live on this Friday morning from today's best country, Old Red 99.5. We'll get you back into country music coming up here in just about 17, 18 minutes. Plenty of time for you to give us a call. And uh, the phone number 402-729-3383.
2: So Dave, we were talking beforehand, Um, you said you've been seeing a lot of this winter injury on trees too. Can you describe and kind of explain what you're seeing?
3: Yeah, so we're seeing a lot of it throughout the state actually, Um, primarily on evergreens, but we're also seeing it on, you know, deciduous trees. But on a lot of the evergreens, it tends to show up uh, kind of in the spring or in the late winter is when people start seeing their trees starting to turn brown. And generally that occurs where you'd expect it if the tree was exposed to extreme cold on the upper parts of the um tree more severely than the lower parts and kind of on the outside of the tree um, more so than the inside and um, that'll just kind of generally turn brown it might be a little bit worse on the windward side as well because in addition to that extreme cold and then that early freeze i mentioned a little bit Um, We also saw, you know, drought conditions in a good part of the state Mm -hmm. headed into winter. So if the trees weren't getting enough water going into winter, then they actually get what's called winter desiccation, where um, those dry winter winds just further dry them out and actually start to cause some damage.
2: Yeah, and this winter, up until the last month or so when we saw tons of snow, Um, before that, it was pretty dry through most of the winter, mm-hmm. um, until about you know mid January or so when we really started to see the snow cover. Right, and that can impact it, like you say, and, you know, especially if it's going into winter dry and then continuing drought through a lot of the winter months. Um, but yeah, so is what should they do if they're seeing some of these kinds of symptoms? Just should they prune it out? Should they leave it? What are you thinking?
3: Um, if you're seeing these kind of symptoms, my first uh, you know inclination is leave it and see if the buds are still alive see mm-hmm. if it pushes out some new growth most pines and spruce most spruce now are actually um, well on their way with new growth and most mm-hmm. pines are starting to candle um, I would wait and see if those are alive if they end up not being alive and it actually was severe enough to kill them you can take those out um, on things like pines that might affect the overall shape of it of the tree and you might have to try training a new leader mm-hmm. or something like that but um, generally the best thing moving forward is just keeping up with proper watering so not over watering um, and also uh, mulching if that's mm-hmm. a possibility too. something with like natural wood chip mulch mm-hmm. or pine straw um, something organic that's going to break down over time we don't really recommend any synthetic fertilizers and certainly not anything like an insecticide or an herb or a fungicide or anything like that mm-hmm.
2: perfect yeah I think we're seeing some of that um and maybe even you know if we haven't gotten out too much may not even be noticing it all but um definitely seeing some of that kind of situation on a lot of our evergreen trees
3: mm-hmm.
2: for the most part and you know things are just slow this year um so you know I, it's weird you were at what may 14th today and burning bushes still haven't leafed out you know and and so it's it's just um it's just the weather that we've been facing and um you know like I, like we've talked it's just it's it's hard for those plants to get through that but they know what they're doing and they will get they will pull through that and be okay for the most part yeah
1: four four zero two seven two nine three three eight three if you have a question we uh invite you to uh give us a call at four zero two seven two nine three three eight three and get an answer to your question um and uh here, answering your questions from the Gage County Extension Office, Extension Educator Nicole Stoner and Dave Olson with the Nebraska Forest Service. He is uh, office uh, uh, in Lincoln on the campus. And uh, once again, uh, if you have something that's stumping you or a question, is it too late to transplant A, B, C, or D? Uh, perhaps it's uh, something you s- you're seeing in your your turf and it's not looking right, or if you're wondering, is it too late to uh, you know, do something, uh, whether it's fertilizer or pre-emergence, 402-729-3383. We have an open line for you. Kelly, hi. Kelly from Bern, B-E-R-N, is that right?
6: B-E-R-N, and yes, the connection was great until you guys came on. Okay, great.
1: So uh, where is Bern?
6: Burn, Kansas, which is I see Nebraska from my porch.
1: Okay, very good. Very good. Uh Ann, you have a question?
6: Yes. I, we're going to be... We've got an old farmhouse that's very exposed on a hill. We to put, we're going to be putting in all new plantings. I was wondering if an oak leaf uh, hydrangeas would survive the wind uh, on the east side of the house. Do you have any windbreak there? No. We're very exposed. matter of fact, the wind... Speeds up as it comes up the hill.
1: <laughs> it actually picks up speed, huh? <laughs> That's good.
6: I mean, um, we actually have water running north. We've got creeks running north.
2: I, you know, I don't think that it will affect them too much once they are established. I think they'll be okay. Um, and you know, having them on the east side is good because then they're going to get you know partial shade, um, especially in that afternoon sun and that. Um, i think that they will be all right um but if i mean if you could put something out there to kind of slow down the wind a little bit that might help um, but i don't think we see a lot of problems with them with uh, wind. you might see tattered leaves from time to time depending on on how strong that wind is um so that is one thing to keep in mind but otherwise i think they should do just fine all right may i be permitted one more question absolutely <clears throat> okay
6: uh, this is an old bungalow, just a you know straight shot type thing. We're going to be putting in all new sidewalks and basically tearing the turf and whatnot. What is the optimum as far as forming the flower beds next to a house when you're putting in all new sidewalks? I mean, we can make them as deep <clears throat> those flower beds as deep as we want. Matter of fact, eight feet actually would be optimum
2: concerning how the house is built. So you're wanting to know, like, how big you can make those? Well, when you're making how
6: deep and how sh- you should form, the, is there any, like, a suggestion of what I should read as far as forming the basis for those flower beds?
1: Because you're basically starting from scratch and fresh and brand new.
2: Correct. And what do you meaning by deep? Are you digging out the soil and putting in new or what? Well, there is. Uh, all the old cement is being pulled out. There's a cistern being pulled out.
6: There's a, an old oil tank that's being pulled out. We're wondering about if we need to bring some soil in. Um, but I mean, actually, depth from the sidewalk to the wall of the house.
2: Excuse me. Okay. So really with that, I mean, you can go as big as you want. Um, the one thing I will caution you is don't get it too big that it's unmanageable so um, you want to make sure that it's something that you can still take care of but I guess um, you can go really as as big as you want though for that Mm -hmm. and and for like adding soil um, you know if it sinks or whatever you may need to add some to bring it back up to grade but just make sure that you're going with like just a topsoil or general compost something like that Um, you know so that it and you blend it in when you're doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're tilling it together so that you don't have just like this layers. You don't want that. <laughs> okay. All right. Does that is answer your question?
6: Pretty close. I guess I was uh, I guess I'll need to have it tested because I'm actually going to be bringing soil in from the catalog. That's what I was thinking of doing.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so once you bring that in, you can either what I'd say is probably test the soil after you've, either before and after. Um, But the thing is when you're, when you're bringing that in, um, if you're just bringing in like soil from the cattle lot, it can have a lot of nitrogen in there. And so that can, um, you know, you can get too much. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: So that's where, you know, you may want to test it before and see where it's at and then test it after you've added to make sure that you're not, you know, or just add just a little bit at a time, maybe just, you know, an inch layer this year and then test it next year and see where you're at and that kind of thing. Okay,
6: Which, is there a suggestion of planting, base planting shrubs that you would suggest on the east side of the house, excuse me, west side of the house It would really take wind? selection you're asking? <clears throat> yeah, like your first choice of something really tough.
2: And it would be hot there because it's the west side, right? So, like, probably full sun.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're talking bulletproof.
2: Mm-hmm. I would say spireas and daylilies would be on my top of that list because they are tough. You can't kill them. I mean, I've tried. You okay. can't kill them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but which which, <laughs> which spirea? Isn't there several? Yeah, um, <clears throat> there's a few different kinds, and a lot of them will, will do pretty well. I don't think, I think any of them will do fine. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much.
6: Thank you.
1: Thanks for the call. And uh, this is Kathy and Beatrice. Dave, you're next out of Dakin, but first Kathy. Hi, Kathy.
4: Hi, how are you?
1: I am fine.
4: Good. Um, First of all, just want you to know I love listening to your show. It helps me um, get through my dusting the house and that kind of stuff. So (laughs) thank you very much for the entertainment today. Um, I have a couple questions. Um, number one, I'm putting um, shredded newspaper down mm-hmm. on our raised garden bed, and I want to know about how thick you think that should be.
2: I would stick with the um, the general for any mulch, which is about two to three inches deep. Okay. Because, um, you know, you want to make sure that the, the roots can still get the the air they need and moisture can get down to them.
4: So. Okay, that sounds great. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And the other question is, I have... Um, an endless summer um, hydrangea in front of our house, and it's, um, the leaves are coming up like crazy. I left all the old wood from last year and um, haven't touched it. Um, I'm afraid to touch it because I know it blooms on old and new wood, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure when would be a time when I would feel it would be safe to go out and trim it up.
2: So uh, those old branches, are they, um, are they just bare? Um, or do they have leaves yes, on?
4: Yes, some of them are, some of them are not.
2: Okay, so the ones that are bare, you can cut those out at any time because they're they're not going to come back. They're done. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the other ones, I think I would probably um, wait till. I think I would wait till it's done br- uh, blooming if I could talk before you prune that. Okay, sounds mm-hmm. good. All right, thank you very much.
5: Thanks.
1: And here's Ooh. Dave in Dakin. Hi, Dave.
5: Hello. Um, Got a question. Since you have a your good tree man here today,
4: mm-hmm.
5: uh, what about transplanting hackberry trees? Uh, I farm along a creek, and 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 there's places where there's you know two foot tall hackberries, three foot tall, five foot tall. I mean all the way up, obviously. But if I was going to spade some of these out by hand, how how big a root ball do I need, and how small a tree should I aim for to try to transplant?
3: Um, yeah, that does definitely depend on the size of the tree. Um, it's usually easier to transplant a tree and you'll generally have more success if it's on the smaller end. Um, as they get bigger, the roots go out quite a ways, um, trees can actually send out roots two to three times in length as they are tall in a lot of cases. So, um, I would definitely recommend going for maybe some of the smaller saplings, um, things like that. If you're going to transplant them, as far as the actual, um, root ball size I would say honestly probably as big as you can get (laughs) Um, as big as you're able to hackberries are pretty tolerant though they're a pretty uh, rough and uh, ready species so they should do okay but yeah I would say um, definitely go for the smaller trees I wouldn't um, be trying to pull out anything too large and um, the root ball yeah, just um, probably as much as you feel like you can get in a reasonable amount. If it's a smaller tree too, you're going to be containing more of that uh, root mass when you do it anyway. So, okay,
5: all right, that gives me some ideas here. But even like a, a, a three foot tall one would, if, if our, our root's going to go down three feet. Uh, obviously, we're not going to dig three feet, but if you dig dig uh, you know eighteen inches to two feet, are you going to get most of the roots?
3: No, you don't have to go that deep. Most trees don't go that deep in the ground, actually. There's a few species that will send a taproot um, initially when they're young, but a lot of trees, um, they're mostly in those top, like um, like within like a top foot of uh, the soil usually is where they have a lot of their roots. Um, so you really don't need to go down all that deep. It's mostly going to be spreading out more. So, so a bigger circle might be better than deep is what you're saying. That's yeah. what he's
1: saying, Dave. Kind of think of a dinner plate. Mm-hmm. An upside down right. dinner plate, and how, you know uh, that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and when like... and when Dave says he's going to dig him up, he means uh, Mrs. Dave is going to be out there mm-hmm. digging him up. <laughs> 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 All right, hey, Dave.
5: Miss, Mrs. Mrs. Dave might might. Uh, how how aggressive do you get second follow up? How aggressive <laughs> do you get about watering those those trees? Uh, and I'm I'm sure there'll be uh, mulch would be uh, important, but. Uh, Watering. Uh, Do you stay fairly aggressive after you've moved them the first month, two months?
3: Um, I don't. What's your opinion on watering? Because usually with watering, we recommend um, at least once the tree's established. If you're in clay soils, they should be getting about an inch a week. Mm -hmm. Um, And if they're in sandier soils, about two inches. And that's taking into account if they've gotten anything via rain. But as far as transplanting, um, I would
2: follow along with that pretty pretty much the whole time Um, I talked with uh, Bob Hendrickson one time when he was here and we talked about like newly planted trees and you know you think about it when and this would be the same with these transplanted they're not going to have a big root system so um, you know like 15-20 minutes once a week is probably sufficient if we're not seeing rains Um, and as they grow increase that up a little bit by time until you're about an hour a week on bigger trees um, if we're not seeing rain, and that's you know, and you can do every other week during the spring and fall, but during the summer, about 15 to 20 minutes a week is fine, and you can go half on one side of the tree and half on the other. Is what I that's what I go with, and that's pretty good general rule.
5: Okay, well, appreciate the advice. Uh, always enjoy the enjoy the program. Thank, Thank you.
1: Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. And we'll be back. Yard and Garden Live continues after this. Wow, that was a good Yard and Garden Live this morning. It was hmm? record amount of calls, and we must have
2: been the Fleetwood
7: Mac.
1: That must have been <laughs> have to tell Trevor he did yeah, it. He did. A, he, did he did well. Uh, definitely. Before we go, we want to say a big thank you to uh, Dave Dave yeah, Olson with you. the yeah with the Nebraska Forest Service. Uh, brought a lot to the program and. Uh, Uh, neo neticide or something like that (laughs) i got that written down i'll try to pesticide names are all difficult i'll try to remember that for next year
3: there's different pronunciations too depending on who you talk to even in like professional circles Mm -hmm. good good that means
1: i can butcher it up a little bit and say no i heard somebody else say it yeah (laughs) love it (laughs) love it love it uh so yeah thanks for coming down and uh, spend some time with us and hopefully uh you can come back next year
2: again
3: yeah Yeah, thanks for having me it's really fun thanks for coming
1: and uh next uh next time around who do we have we have
2: Kathleen Q she is from Dodge County Extension so she does what I do up in Dodge County yeah
1: all right very good and so until then keep it green keep it growing folks Uh, Yard and Garden Live will be back next Friday morning at 10 a.m. right here on Old Red 99.5